racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hello everyone, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by our great friends at Race Fuels and my name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Dalberto. It's episode 82 of this absolutely fantastic podcast that is free for you to listen to. Tony D, I know you love free things. How are you? Oh, I do. I do love free things. I'm good. Very, very well. I was just trying to think, uh, episode 82, is there a famous racing driver or is there a famous number in racing? Oh, with 82. Yeah, with 82. It doesn't seem to, like, no. sometimes when you say a number, like say number three, for instance, I think of Earnhardt yep. or Daniel Ricciardo these days. Yeah. But 82? Yeah, it's like 17, a, it's got yeah. the old Dickie J. Number 50, of course, I think of that world-famous TCR oh, Honda. So do I, yeah. Um, even like last episode, 81. Now, I always think of Dick Johnson's first Bathurst win, 1981. That's yeah, what right. I think of. Yeah. Uh, but 82, yeah, uh, I can't think of anything. And if anyone you know uh, what? does have a famous little 82 that rings to them for mm. motorsport, then uh, I'd like to hear 83 is Jeff Brabham's race number. And he oh, used you that go. through his career. So you, get, we, we could talk about get, that. Um, young Sam Brabham on next week. Yeah. Yep. We like Sam. Let's do it. That, Let's do uh, it. That, of course, is not Jeff Brabham's son, that's David Brabham's son, but uh, it is, it's still within the family. Still a Brabham, mate. Come on. That's right. Man, man, a very <laughs> and we good know him and we, and we know him. We so do. we have a lot more chance to get him on the show. What a good um, lad as well. Okay, here we go. So Tony D, this is 82. Yes. Hey, we did some racing. We went racing. What was your thoughts? Oh, great weekend. Shell V-Power just uh, dominant for the weekend. Anton Di Pasquale taking three pole positions, two race wins, and had a bit of a, a dodgy race too, unfortunately, but uh, we'll forget about that little one. Uh, so, yeah, very good weekend for those boys. So I couldn't be happier, Grant. Could not Excellent. be happier. Excellent. Was anyone else racing? I, I wasn't sure. Uh, there were a few other blokes out there trying to keep up, but uh, mostly they though, just – wasn't there? Well, there was like half a second gap between, between Anton and the pack. He was mm. absolutely lit. Hey, you guys are oh. going to win the Bathurst 1000 by half a lap. Wow. If he keeps that form up, it's the, the car must be an absolute jet. We're, we're in good shape for the Bathurst 1000. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who's in good shape, though. Erebus boys. Yeah, Jeez, they, they did, did a good job. Two front really row good. starts for Will Brown uh, and two podiums for the boys. So uh, very, very impressive. Those cars look good. They were racy. You know, Will would have had two podiums if he didn't have a dodgy pit stop in race one. It just shows you, you know, like the, the team and the, the driver and the equipment all come together, you can get a result. And trying to do that weekend after weekend is very difficult. They've obviously stumbled across something in the break and they've, they've said they've turned it around. I don't, I don't know what that means, whether or not they've just rolled the car out and it's, and it's worked and they're like, don't touch it. I certainly wouldn't be touching it for the next three weekends because, you know, with that sort of form, they're going to be towards the front. But yeah, 
some cars didn't seem to roll out of the truck that well. Tickford, Tickford you know, that yeah, they struggles. had a shocking weekend. Even um, you know, Andretti, Walkshaw Andretti, they just they just looked I watched a lot of onboard of Chaz and he was wrestling that thing. It looked like it had no grip. Just mm. the, the tires weren't keen into the road. You could see him sliding all over the track at a big off coming onto the front straight in practice. And he actually got interviewed after that session and they said, what was going on there? And he said, Oh, I wanted to prove a point. I've been telling him it's not uh, sticking to the road. And uh, so I just, you know, kept my foot into it and I ended up off the road. So he was, he was probably a little bit unhappy after practice and they never really seemed to get on top of their car. So I mean, the good thing is, Grant, they've got another three weekends of it. So I'm sure by the time we get to the the last weekend of uh, these Sydney races, um, everyone will have tuned these cars the inch of their life and we'll have everyone on pole position. You won't be able to separate them. <laughs> oh, dear. Cool. All right. Well, uh, you're right. We've got a lot to uh, a lot of racing at Sydney to go. and But before we get there, we have two of the absolute finest who are going to join us to unpack what had happened at Sydney. Uh, Mark Fogarty and Richard Crail are going to join us to talk about the racing, talk about the latest news in the world of supercars and the support categories. Uh, so stick around for that. That's coming up real soon. Before we get into talking about that racing today, Tony, you did some racing of your own. What did you do today? Sort of. Sort of. I, uh, I took my young fella, Oscar, to a real go-kart track today. The first time that he's actually driven his little go-kart on a racetrack rather than just driving up and down the factory lots in a straight line. So uh, we got there and I, I took him out in like a double car. So I drove and he just sat beside me. So I tried to show him the lines and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it quickly just turned into me just flogging the absolute ring out of this thing and Oscar holding on for dear life. I couldn't help mm. myself. I hadn't been in a race car for five months. And as soon as that thing took off and we started passing people, I was like, geez, I hope he doesn't fall out of this seat. Hold on, buddy. Um, Hard to explain to mum when you come home. That's very true. Very true. We had a great day down at Stony Creek. Um, They were very accommodating. So uh, lots and lots of people out. Obviously, karting in Australia or in Victoria, I should say, has been stopped for a very long time. So now with some of these restrictions of ease, everybody's out enjoying their go-karts and this weekend down in Melbourne, the weather is fantastic. So uh, it was very busy down there. And that's that's about as uh, close as I got to actually racing. I know you were at Sydney Motorsport Park, Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the vibe like there? Was everyone just ex- so excited to get racing again? Yeah. I was actually sort of sick of people saying, oh, it's so great to be back. Um, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> of course, it was great to be back. But every person you spoke to, Everyone said exactly the same thing. So I was kind of sick a little bit. Little yeah, bit yeah, sick yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Pick something new to say, god damn it. Uh, but Did anyone just say, oh, so terrible to be back? Yeah, that's like, right. This sucks. Much preferred this being sucks. on the couch. Much preferred being on my couch, being <laughs> locked down in COVID town. Uh, yeah, but look, it was good to see a lot of friendly and familiar faces. And yeah, yeah look for me, get back on the tools and just do you know, do what we do and actually you know, do some work and do some uh, meaningful stuff rather than send some invoices, rather than sending out press releases about revised calendars and uh, oh. cancelled events and, and all those things that have just uh, been the story of the last three months. So anyway, it was uh, good to get the racing back underway. Uh, okay, look, let's, uh, and let's, let's talk about the racing. That's what we're here to do. 
Uh, we've got Richard Crowell and Mark Fogarty. They're going to be on the line in a moment. Let's just bowl into some news. And this is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com. Now, we've got uh, a huge weekend of supercars to wrap up from Sydney Motorsport Park. Number one is done. We've got three more to go. There's going to be many, many Groundhog Days for anyone on the ground at Sydney Motorsport Park. But right now, joining Tony and I, we've got two of the absolute greats, Mark Fogarty from used to be auto action and we've got richard crail who is definitely still part of the race talk gentlemen how are you hello team nice to be with you again i'm still here <laughs> going? never 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 will folks go away not ever folks let me uh let me throw to you first the first of the sydney races have been run and won and Shell V-Power, they were looking damn good. And I tell you what, the uh, the other bloke on the line here, Tony D, must be uh, thinking some pretty good things about uh, Anton Di Pasquale's form leading into the the Bathurst 1000. Folks, from, from, your, uh, from your side, what did you think about the Sydney event? Well, clearly, DJR got their act together in terms of sheer pace, both in qualifying and racing. Um, in the break, there were still a couple of well, glitches, whether they were mistakes, I mean, the wrong using Will Davison's tyre in the second race on Anton's car wasn't brilliant. Um, and Oops. the tyre issue in the last race, I guess we've just got to put that down to the, you know, dropping off some of the curbs is hazardous to the tyres. But overall, they're a class act and you would, you would have expected that. I, I'm not surprised that particularly Anton um, started showing his true potential. So uh, that was encouraging. I'm not, I'm not sure if everyone would have expected him to be that fast, though, because, I mean, he's been coming on strong, but um, they had a clear advantage on the weekend. It'll be interesting to see whether some of these other teams can bridge the gap uh, for next weekend. And it was a big gap in some of those sessions. It was like half a second. Richard, do you see that we've got three of these events to go? Mm. And a lot of people had talked in the lead up to this that we would see, a, you know, a variety of different results. It's hard to sort of see that at the moment. Like the, you know, the, the clear five guys at the front were the, were the benchmark. Do you, do you think we'll end up with some mixed results? I know the tyres will play a big part in, you know, when you, when you play your, uh, your, your good cards and when you, you know, have to fold a little. Uh, but but do you think like we've got a a clear hierarchy? Uh, well, yeah, clearly, and and the hierarchy is DJR, Triple Eight, One and Two, and then everyone else in there every now and then. But I think you'll see weekends where you'll have a team like Erebus pop up, like they did on the weekend, which was so impressive. And and the most impressive thing for mine about Erebus on the weekend that it wasn't just a one car wonder they had two very competitive cars and they were in contention for front row starts and and podium finishes in every race on the weekend with at least one car and in some instances too so i think you'll see that nick Percat showed really well for brave jones racing got great history going well at sydney motorsport park so that was promising i think the biggest question for mine and i'm sure you've got it on your agenda is what what happened to Tickford and do they turn that round and does a six and an eighth in the final race for Jack LeBrock and Cam Waters, does that show signs of them turning around? What was a pretty leaky boat in the first two races where they struggled to get cars in the top 12. I, I think that's a bigger story for mine from the weekend 
than what's going on at the front of the field because this is a team that came into the weekend third in the drivers' championship and third in the team's championship. These are supposed to be week in, week out contenders in supercars. You can't afford to turn in a weekend like they did with a guy that's supposed to be a regular contender. Fogs, for you, can they turn it around? Can Tickford turn it around? Um, they can, and to some extent they will. But just to pick up on Tony's point earlier, I beg to differ, Tony. I, I would have been amazed if DJR didn't come back stronger. They had to. They just weren't performing up to their potential. I'm happy about it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I think the thing is, Anton. Yes, I'm that's... sure you are. But I, you know, as I said, I wasn't surprised. Sydney Motorsport Park is a very specific track too. It's almost oddly specific, and it throws up um, a lot of randoms. But DJR in former guises have a pretty good track record there. Um, not completely dominant, not as dominant as this weekend. So yeah, and anyway, I just wanted to make the point that I, there would have been something wrong if they didn't get a lot better and if Anton didn't show his the class weekend... um, in terms of results, we saw the class, it, you know, it, it was his, let's call it his breakout. This is, he's put his market down. You know, I'm not the new Scott McLaughlin. I'm the new Anton Di Pasquale. You know, let's, let's push that out the door. And then if I can just, if you indulge me a little more, we get to the bigger issue of, we now have three more meetings at Sydney Motorsport Park. Kill me now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was positive going in. I thought it'd be interesting, you know, it'd be like, you know, football, which plays, you know, multiple rounds, multiple matches on the same grounds. True. No, there's, they're, they're, you know, it's so confusing. I mean, I'd hate to be just, you know, a normal spectator trying to make out what's going on with tyres and tyres, 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 tyres. Yeah. Oh, mm. Seriously, and we've got three more weekends of this, and there's just there can't be enough variation. You know, the teams will get used to it, and teams like Tickford will, you know, will get better, and Walkinshaw and Ready United, you'd hope, and you know, Triple Eight will rebound. You know, not not that they're on the ropes, but it'll get mixed up. But I'm, it's just the whole category is too tire centric everywhere. And this place just makes it worse. And we just got to sit there for the next three weekends watching it. And it, interestingly, I almost said, ironically, as things have turned out, we could have had at least two meetings in Victoria, you know, say Phillip Island or maybe even Sandown or something, the way things have opened up. I think I'm pretty sure I'm right. You know, Victoria's opened up. You can come mm. down from New South Wales. Um, Queensland teams could get in. So... You know, I'm just throwing it out there. I know, I know why not. Yeah. Yeah, the, the why nots are, are clear. They had to make but a call a little while a ago. provision for a late change for a couple of the meetings were good. Yeah. Yeah, the, but the why nots. Turns we, out, you know, we, we could make a running change and say, well, let's, let's, let's go down to Victoria and have a couple of meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I guess, you know, with uh, a bit of hindsight or some crystal balling, that would have been brilliant. But, um, you know, we've ended up with, with what we've ended up to try and get this championship going. Folks, do you think uh, that, that they should have looked at using different parts of the circuit? You know, they've got four variations. We've ended up with four meetings on the one variation just to try and do something slightly different. We Again, 
We know why they've done it. We know why we're in this position. But you know, did they miss them? Did they miss their opportunity? I think so. I, I would have used at least two of the layouts, and pro probably all, but there are at least three: short, normal, big, long one. Well, they could have used the little bull ring as well. Snuck in but, somewhere, but yeah, they got the little said, bull ring around the back. You said we know why they didn't use different. <laughs> yes, but you said we know why they've used just one layout. Well, I don't know why is that. No, sorry. We know why they've used one venue. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. No, the, the layout, just... the layout thing goes back to your point, folks, about it being tires. Is that you get the big tire deg on the GP circuit because of all the long loaded corners at turn four, five, six, and seven, which get missed when you use the short track. But I, I would have a hundred percent run two rounds, maybe the next two on the shorter circuit, which they used back in 96, a variation of anyway, we mm. ran touring car masters there under lights on the short track in 2018. And it was brilliant. Um, not as tire sensitive, that category, but the, from a show point of view, the cars are going past every 70 seconds instead of 95. There's a really cool change of direction, bit more elevation change, but it's just different. It's different enough to change the character of the racing. So I think there has been opportunity missed in not at least mixing it up once out of the three events when you've got a facility like that place, which can do it. And even for TV, um, by the end of three races at Sydney Motorsport Park, you're pretty sick of watching it on telly as well. I don't know how it's going to be after 11 of them in a row when we get to the end of the 250K races in three weeks' time. So it would have been good to see them mix that up, I think. Mm, yeah, I, I yeah, there's just elements of it that haven't been explained and I genuinely don't understand. But anyway, we'll see as we go on. I, you know, I have fears that it's going to be tedious, but I'm more than happy to be surprised. And anyway, as long as we get to Bathurst, all doesn't matter then, does it? Now, uh, of course, of course, all aiming towards the, uh, the, the mountain, which actually isn't that far away. Uh, so, Richard, I saw on the race talk on your fine website, you were talking about the TV ratings. Mm. I was at the circuit over the weekend, so you get to see the feed. I didn't get to hear uh, much of the commentary or, or how it sort of uh, rolled out. And, of course, I'm a very busy beaver, so I don't uh, get to sit no. there and watch every little uh, snippet of, of how the TV rolled out. But... Um, but you you uh, you know your TV uh, back to front. The the race talk story that you had was quite complimentary of the ratings that they got. What was the uh, what was the broadcast like on the return? And uh, and tell us a little bit about those numbers. Uh, yeah, look, the numbers were good. They were what they would have been looking for, certainly from a Saturday night perspective. So without boring you with too many stats about 550,000 nationally. So the Saturday night race. Um, so it was the fourth most watched race of the year. Um, Saturday Townsville, which ran quite late, did very, very well for Seven and Fox. And then the two Bathurst openers were clearly um, a cut above everything else. Honestly, I don't think the number was probably as high as they'd be hoping, but it was solid. And it certainly dominated sport for what there is of it at the moment going on. So it was solid. Um, and Sunday Seven, say they reached just over 2 million people and the Sunday afternoon race in particular did almost half a million people on Fox and seven. So the numbers were, were strong and certainly in the context of the year, they were higher than Townsville and Darwin. 
And that supercars have made a point and as have the networks about these four races being the best possible lead in you can get, whether from a quality of racing point of view or not will be determined by the end of it. But it's the best TV lead in they've ever had to the Bathurst 1000 because usually Bathurst is what three weeks after whatever the 500 is before it, or in recent years, a, a sprint round. So all of a sudden supercars have got 14 days of television over four weeks leading into their biggest TV product of the year. So from a, a network point of view, if you're seven and Fox and you are not leveraging the absolute buggery out of your Bathurst coverage right now, it's opportunity lost because this is when you're just going to drive people towards it. And they were big on that in the broadcast from a, a quality point of view. I had no major complaints. Um, I was covering the weekend for ABC grandstand actually on radio, which was very cool. So I was sort of in and out of the commentary side of it, but a few little innovations that Nathan Prendergast and his team always like to roll out new pit lane camera with um, a cinema style feel. The fly cam across the straight, I thought was quite oh, effective. Can um, we talk about that for one second? Yeah. Do you like it? Well, I, I like the footage, but every time they showed the cars coming down the front straight and you'd see the fly cam go across the, the straight, yes, I kept thinking someone was walking across the straight <laughs> yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. It's impressive they've allowed it to go across. At, at one, NBC had one, uh, no, sorry, Fox had one at Daytona maybe seven or eight years ago, and it actually fell down across the banking Oh wow! while Oops. the session was on track. So there were cables lying across the road. So the, the Americans have always been very conservative about running it over the circuit itself since that happened. So, uh, well, we had that at Bathurst a few years ago as well. Yeah. Through the S's. The mountain. Yep. Yeah. Which was cool. <laughs> Which is it was cool. cool until Richard, it fell Richard down. Calls for, <laughs> more, fell down. <laughs> for more fly cams to fall onto racetracks. Well, it gives you a story, doesn't it? So yeah. folks, while we just talk about the TV stuff and you had highlighted before with your gripe about the tires, but the broadcast just does end up getting filled so much with tires, tires, yep. tires. How can they address that? How can they not talk about that to fill in the viewer with, you know, what's really going on on the track? And again, I didn't hear Neil and and Mark across the weekend. I can only imagine exactly what it was about because it was probably exactly exactly like um, you know the past few years where, uh, particularly at those the real tire races. Uh, it's a, uh, it's just the, it's the topic. Did, like, is there any way they can fix that? Yeah, there is. Mandate tyres that last full race distance and don't degrade. You cannot tell me, and this is in any category, any championship in the world, that the tyre giants like Dunlop, the supercar supplier, Pirelli in Formula One, Firestone in IndyCar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera with their technology, can't build high-grip, long-lasting tyres. And I, frankly, have never understood why they don't demand that. I mean, the poor tyre companies are out there getting cane. Mm. You know, they build road tyres that can go, you know, 60, easy, 40,000, 50,000 Ks, more mm. if you, you know, drive sensibly. These things, you know, you're lucky to get... Well, it looks like five laps out of them. I mean, I don't know why they do it. And so if it were me, I'd go to the tyre companies. All right, use your technology. Give us the best tyres you can and we'll, and we'll sort out the rest of it. You know, that, that creates issues. 
but it would look a lot better for the sport and for the poor tyre companies, for sure. And I'll just climb down from that soapbox for a moment, but happy to pursue it at any time. <laughs> you know, don't even get me started on a super, 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 super soft qualifying tyre. I want to see that. But Richard, guys, you're talking about the TV. Uh, the broadcast for me sitting at home was up to the usual, you know, high standard. Um, it was the same if you shuttled across between Fox Sports and, and Seven. The ratings, uh, Richard, they were decent. They mm. wasn't a blockbuster, particularly no. Saturday night. But Saturday night's a hard ask. You know, a 1947 movie classic, you know, will get a bigger audience than just about anything else on a Saturday night. So mm. you're on a hiding to nothing. But if you look at the figures and... Roughly seven claim that, you know, they had double the audience of Fox Sports on Foxtel, which you'd expect, but it just reinforces when seven, as the new free-to-air partner, do the races live and do them, you know, properly, invest time and resources. And there was a lot of promotion, certainly here in Melbourne, leading up to the event on on, on big, big seven, I call it, because you want to be on the main seven channel, let's face it. It's just great for the eyeballs, you know. We, mm. <laughs> Since it's gone from 10 back to seven, we're getting, you know, big numbers. And that's particularly at this juncture with everything going on. That is hugely important. So seven being back, you know, even if they are not doing it like in the Halcyon days, it's a big win. And we've got two more super live events, if you like, call it to come. I think they're doing SMP4 and then they'll be all over Bathurst. So to me, that's the message. Seven covering it is just great for the sport because it just simply gets so many eyeballs, even though there's absolutely nothing wrong, nothing wrong whatsoever with the coverage of motorsport generally on Fox Sports. If you're prepared to invest in it, it is stunning. But what is it still? It's only about a third, a little more of TV households in the country. And that's a glass, you know, that's a barrier that keeps bunging up against who are willing to pay for TV or conventional tv anyway so there you go that's that's my thought just the like one it. grant the one final thing i'll say on tv for channel seven is they've been running picture in picture so when you go to an ad break you still get the broadcast in the bottom right corner of the screen that's cool um us style I, that's a massive massive well done to seven for mine that that's a good way to to win friends and influence people when you're trying to get them to watch your product and they're complaining about all the advertising yeah. Hey, did the uh, did the little totem pole on the left? And when I say little, it wasn't little. It was massive. It was. It took up like a lot of the. It took up a lot of the screen. Has that changed in the past? Yeah, I don't, like since Townsville. I don't know. They've they've had some graphical dramas at the start mm. of the year that they've been working through with their graphics provider, but it did feel big, didn't it? Yeah, I felt like I was missing some. I felt like I was watching like old school four by four by three or whatever, uh, whatever the ratio is. Like, I just felt like I was missing some of the action. I'll find out for you, Grant. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Uh, we need to know this very, very important. Hey, look, I love the information. All the information on the screen was great. And, you know, sometimes seeing the abbreviations with VAN or, um, DEP or, um, 
I think uh, Will Davo, even though there's only one Davo in the field, he still mm. gets the uh, WDA or whatever it is. This is um, for Bathurst, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's right. But um, yeah, I just felt that that was uh, that was really big. And uh, look, it's got like I have to wear glasses, and I'm absolutely blind as a bat. So the bigger the graphics, the better. But um, yeah, I just felt that uh, we, we were missing a little bit. Um, okay, cool. So uh, we the the old we, ratio is four is to three. There, thank you. <clears throat> Very good. Thank As you. Opposed to what is it now? Eighteen is to nine. That's right. Sixteen to nine. Sixteen. Six. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Eighteen is to nine is uh, cinemas. What do you have in your house, folks? What does what does uh, Fort Fogs have? Oh, well, nothing. Extraordinary. Well, I've got an up to date Samsung sixty uh, fifty five inches, as big as I need. Wow. Hang 4K. on. I didn't ask for right. the sponsor plug. Gee whiz. <laughs> No, sorry, not wish it was a plug. Gee, I'm not Russell Engel, Tony. <laughs> I haven't contoured my life hey, away. I've actually got a Toshiba. I think it's about a 50-inch, and I got given that many, many years ago, like about eight or nine years ago. It's still going strong, so thank you, Toshiba, but I'm probably ready it's for a new one. still only standard definition. Yeah, it's, it's no good. It takes about five minutes Is to warm it? up. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, folks, let me just fire one in at you, which has nothing to do with television. It's got everything to do with the ownership of supercars. Mm. Uh, uh -huh. just before, wondering. just before we, uh, published our last episode, the, uh, we sort of understood that the sale was coming as it turned out a couple of days later, of course it got, uh, it got wrapped up. We've had a lot of time now in the past few days to, since that announcement to unpack it all and, and see what's what from your point of view, good, bad, indifferent. What's your view on the sale of supercars? Uh, well, new ownership can't be any worse for a start. So, but I'm optimistic that uh, it's going to be very positive. The announcement, of course, typical supercars didn't answer any of the almost salient questions, and it in fact begged more questions that it answered. And there's a lot going on in the background in terms of the ownership structure, the shareholding component, because as was revealed uh, last week, there was a uh, partial flotation of this new entity, Race, um, Racing Australia, what is it? Consolidated Enterprises, who knows? Um, raised about 25 million of the cost up front of 60 odd million and the people behind it are almost as just as interesting in how it's going to turn out. But one of the things that I have learned that I can reveal to you is that next year's calendar is going to be quite interesting. There won't be, this new ownership group is going in and they're going to start taking over operational control probably mid this month and expect to be in effective control by Bathurst with the actual sale being finally completed by the end of the year. No radical changes next year, relieved of the distraction of Gen 3, but my information is that we're looking at, well, 13 events, so one more than was, well, scheduled than, you know, what they will do this year, except there'll be 13 different events. So New Zealand will return and so will the likes of Winton and um, well, New we know Newcastle's coming back, Gold Coast will come back. So 
a full complement in what is assumed to be an uninterrupted season next year without all the restrictions. But what is really interesting is that there will be a major change, I understand, and that will be that there will be an extended winter break. So the season, I'm being told, the plan is to split it up into, you know, starting early March in Newcastle, going through to, uh, let's say, early July. So the, the warmer months, the warmer rounds, you know, including um, early winter visits, if you like, up to Darwin, Townsville, and, and of course, Perth then there'll be a distinct winter break of maybe up to 10 weeks. Then coming back uh, mid-September, hopefully probably with the reinstitution of the Sandown 500 as the proper warm-up. And then rapid fire at least every two weeks to the end of the season, I think on the Gold Coast in late November or very early December. And even, even the first segment of the season, you know, between March and July, there is the aim that, you know, somehow try and make it, probably won't, but, you know, every two weeks. So by supercar standards, they're trying to, you know, when the racing is on, compress it so that there are at least regular events. It can't be every week, sadly, but every two weeks. And that winter break, of course, well, it just gets supercars out of the crush of the peak of the footy seasons being mm. AFL and, and the ARL. And well, that's been an aim for a while. I think a few years back, we did have a kind of a mid-season winter break. It wasn't carried through. So anyway, make of it what you want. That's my information is that that's a, one of many headlines that will come out of the new ownership. Oh, very good. Very good. It, uh, that all does sound uh, really good. It's a real shame that they're talking about the calendar already without having seen out this quadruple header at Sydney Motorsport Park, maybe this is the future. Four <laughs> rounds at one venue all in a row. And I'm just kidding. Those people at race, please do not, uh, please do, not do that. We know why we've done it this time. Uh, we're only one round in. Let's not do it again. <clears throat> hey, um, can we talk about money-wise? Because I love talking about money. Um, only when it's going into your bank. Mm. What do you mean? What do you mean? Um What's the go with the money back to the teams per year? Is it going to be like it used to be um, with a bit of an overflow from television rights or is it going to be a set amount of money? Because we sort of speculated last week, Grant, with AVL that it was going to be a set amount of money each year. Is that still going to be the case? Yep. How much? It is $650,000 per year per entry for the next five years at a minimum. So do they get a payout though, like for the sale? No, no, that is the payout. Yeah. There's a what are your premium on that, mate? At the moment, they're getting four fifty. Let's say roughly four fifty grand a an entry a wreck per year. The extra two hundred or so round about that. That's the that's the payoff for the each team share, which is a cumulative thirty five percent of supercars. So, and then beyond the five years, my understanding is that. It'll just depend on, you know, how much money the, the series makes. They'll, they'll get more or less depending on how successful and profitable. Because I don't know if you know, um, but at the moment, and it's been for several years instituted by James Warburton, that the teams, despite only having 35% of the shareholding in Supercast, actually get 65% of the profit. But that's capped at apparently 
uh, you know, if, if it's 65% of the profit up to 19.5 million a year, and then anything over that, they get 35% of the difference, if you understand what I mean. And that was done by Warburton back in the day, um, because it, you know, back then, and I'm talking several years, you know, several teams um, were, were on the edge that were faced with the prospect of going out backwards. And he made the decision to uh, um, invert if you like the distribution of, of profits to to well to save the team, many of the teams, and to keep the sport operating, but yeah, there's there's big money. We're talking overall, you know, sixty odd million up front by race to buy uh, a series that has been valued at just over a hundred million, probably realistically more like overall value of eighty to ninety. But you know, it's not a small amount of money, and this new organisation race, they've got to get it right. Uh, yeah, the uh, the it's it's. I think it's great that we've got a, a, f- a fresh change, a really invested group of people who who clearly are uh, excited about uh, excited about motorsport and 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 have a real thirst for it. Certainly from that uh, that ARG element, which is yeah, it's only like a third of the uh, you know they're only a third in there. But you know when you've got guys like Barry Rogers. Uh, Gary Rogers, of course, John McMillan, they know the sport back to front and then some some other pretty big powerhouses in there behind it as well. It's the right recipe for the for the next step uh, in the sport. And, folks, we thank you so much for uh, giving us a lot of that, uh, some really great background there. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we, we are very excited to see what the uh, next steps are. Uh, Richard, let me just uh, throw to you, while uh, supercars is the number one topic at Sydney Motorsport Park, for the next few weeks we've also got a uh, quite a few uh, support categories racing there as well, some which you even have a uh, little bit of an interest in as well with S5000 coming for uh, Sydney number number four. But uh, just looking at the weekend just gone with, there was only 17 Toyotas there. There's definitely 17 did not finish because a few of them absolutely mm. smashed into each other. Wow. Uh, poor old Clay Richards copped a uh, absolute beauty and um, we hope to see him back soon. But they're talking about thirty odd coming back for the for the next one. I think now that the borders start to open, and uh, you know we're going to end up with a reasonable reasonable fields uh, across the board. Even this weekend coming up, the production touring cars, which we don't. I think this is the very first time in the history of Parked Up that we've talked about the New South Wales production <laughs> touring car class, but they've got 56 entries mm. this weekend. So wow. uh, it's kind of cool to see a whole bunch of different classes that you would never have seen at a supercars event before getting their chance in the spotlight, and they've come out in droves. Well, and I'm really looking forward to Formula Ford being back on supercar program Grant, because the New South Wales Formula Four Championship will be part of the event next weekend as well, which is great. We haven't seen Formula Ford at a supercar round. I think Winton, I'm going to say 2017 was probably the last time, and that was right at the peak of um, Motorsport Australia and Formula Ford and the Formula Four stuff that was going on. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's been one of the positives from COVID, if there has been such a thing is that we've seen some different support categories at supercar events to mix it up because I think the undercard can at times get a little bit stale perhaps 
Um, so it's been really good. Whether they turn out to be a good product or not is entirely up to the person or people consuming them. But it's been nice to see that. And you know, New South Wales improved production are there in a couple of weeks. And you can bet that they'll have 50 cars. Um, and I've really liked that. But but going back to the points about the sale as well, it's probably worth talking about the fact that one of the things I'm really interested in how this all plays out is how the various people behind the scenes of the new supercars ownership and then ARG, who are obviously heavy, heavily involved, go about building, as folks says, 13 blockbuster events because now they've got all of this suite of racing categories under basically the same banner, certainly attached to it all. There's no excuse now for you to go to a supercar round and go, gee, the support program here is pretty slim. Now, whether that's TCM getting back on rounds or S5000 running the gold star at supercar events or GT popping up or TCR, TCR or your current mixture of your Carrera Cups and your Super Utes and things like that. There's, there's got to be no excuse now for you to rock up to a round and go, gee, the support, the undercard's underwhelming because there's enough categories now in our sport that operate at a reasonably high level that you should be able to have good events. So for mine, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to finding out how they plan to roll that in with the existing ARG events and Bath a six hour, 12 hour international Shannon's and, and all of that. So that for mine is interesting, but yeah, undercard. Good. I like, I like the mixture. I like mixing it up. As a, an insider said to me, the aim is 20 good weeks of motorsport a year. And they now have the portfolio to do that. Mm. And, and Richard, and I'm sure you're aware of this, it's going to be a mix and match. Yep. They can pick mm. from everything. You know, there will be, you know, your standard supercars, you know, high paying supports, ARG supports will come and go. There'll be some discretion and selection as in TCR won't be backing up supercars at every round, not by any stretch of the imagination. Right, They'll pick their marks. I don't you know, think Newcastle you're going to see them. The Monty for TCR because it's a, well, Newcastle, you see them. And it's TCR might, at Newcastle? Yeah. Yeah. Because the cars suit the track. That would be yeah, good. Well, tight yeah. and twisty, you know, but don't put them on a big, fast flowing circuit, you know, apart from Bathurst, but whether they get there outside their own. You know, same with S5000. They'll feature somewhere along the line, particularly the Gold Coast. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. Know, they're the headlines of what we now look at as the AIG portfolio, and they'll be selected, but they'll mainly be headlining their own events. And the others will come and go and mix and match and, and you know, Trans Am, TCM, Super 3 and all the rest of them, um, you know, will, will come and go. And so, I, I, you know, I think for a motorsport, the motor racing fan, car racing fan, it's going to be great because you'll have the 13 odd blockbusters, but around that you'll have, you know, another at least seven if not more i think it'll be more actually um events that you can go you know in your local area and see a really good lineup of, of racing i i in terms of that normally you wouldn't advocate you know consolidation or such a monopoly but in this case i think it's it's going to actually work really well yeah, well, plenty to unpack from the first Sydney Motorsport Park event, and we've got three more to go. Richard Crail, Mark Fogarty, thank you so much for joining us, boys, and helping us 
uh, dissect some of that. I'm sure this won't be the last time that we speak to you here on Parked Up for uh, 2021 as we build up to the Repco Bathurst 1000 later this year. Lads, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Gentlemen, as always, a pleasure. And we thank Richard and Fogues for their time on the phone. Now, Tony D, you won't be surprised to hear that while I was at Sydney, I went and spoke to a few punters. <laughs> I took the microphone around just to get their thoughts on being back at the track as well. There was actually a reasonable crowd. What did it look like on TV? Uh, it looked okay. I can't oh. actually remember them showing the crowd that much, to be honest. Yeah. I, I just I just tuned in for the races. I, oh, it certainly not, wasn't not a atmosphere. crowd. Yeah, it certainly wasn't a crowd like at Austin the week before in, uh, in Formula, Formula One. One. No. <laughs> no. And look, there are a few, a few genuine excuses for that as well, given that uh, still regional, Sydney, regional New South Wales couldn't attend. So it was only Metro, uh, no interstate visitors as well. Well, I mean, you could come down from Queensland if you wanted. You're just not going home for a long Got time. Got a quarantine, yeah. So, so there were there are some challenges at the moment, but I think uh, the I think I reckon the perfect example is the Toyota eighty six series. They only had seventeen entrants mm. for this week. When they come around to the uh, the fourth of Sydney event. They've got 34, they're at capacity. So the borders are open, regional guys can come in, interstaters can come in and and there'll be a, uh, yeah, I think we're gonna see a really, really good lead up and build up and uh, excitement heading into the Bathurst 1000. Um, but anyway, what I did was I, some of the, uh, the fans, the genuine fans, I went and found the ones who were wearing the uh, wearing the race uh, the, the, their favourite merch, and you know they were clearly there as as fans of the sport. I went and found a uh, a whole bunch of those guys and grabbed them and got their thoughts on being back at the track for the first time after the big rest. Tune in, listen now. Okay, I've got Michelle here. Michelle, how good is it? The supercars are back. It's great to be back at the track and watching them live. It's just not the same as being at home watching it on telly. Uh, you've got a Ned Racing Kelly Grove shirt. Is that your favourite team? Yes, I like to support the Kelly Grove Racing team and Ned and Penrite Racing as well. Great. Andre leaves to go to Brad Jones Racing. Are you going to follow him over there or are you going to stick with the Groves? Well, I might stick with the Groves. Depends what happens with that team. But I also like Brad Jones Racing, so be happy to follow Andre to Brad Jones. Quite happy he's gone to Brad Jones. Okay, I've got Greg here. Greg, how good is it the supercars are back? Oh, mate, it's fantastic. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just it's good for the soul to have him back here at Sydney. Uh, you're, uh, you're all decked out in the kit here, obviously a big supercars fan. Have you been watching, like, reruns of old races in the lead-up to this? All the time, all the time. Looking forward to Bathurst. There you go. Everyone's looking forward to Bathurst. There must be something about that race. What happens up there on that mountain? I don't know, mate, but um, strange things have happened up there and it's always exciting every time it comes around. Okay, cool. So you're wearing uh, some Monster Energy kit here. Chaz, uh, sorry, Cam Waters. Yep. See your favourite driver? Uh, one of them. I'm, I'm a Ford man through and through. I, I've got a lot of uh, Red Bull, uh, not Red Bull, Shell V power gear. I'm here with me mate with Red Bull, so she keeps confusing me. But, but no, Ford man through and through, uh, but I like them all. 
All right, so your friend here has Red Bull, and you are obviously on the Ford camp. Is there, what's the car, car trips like? What's the, is it arguments or is it friendly banter? Uh, never friendly banter when it comes to car racing. <laughs> Todd, supercars are back, how cool? Awesome, good to be back in Sydney as well. Finally in Sydney. Yeah, four in a row. Are you going to come to, is this just the only one you're doing? Are you going to do any more? All four. All four? And have you already pre-bought your tickets? Yep. Wow, Supercars will love you. You are like number one fan. Um, what's the best thing about Supercars being back? Uh, seeing the Fords up there. <laughs> and they're not going too bad either. That's it. With the perfect weather as well. And a little bit of rain next week. Hopefully it'll be awesome four, four weekends. This is not what we signed up for. We didn't want any rain. We just want all clear conditions. No, no, one, one week in rain. Put a bit of spice into it. All right, it's cool. So you've got four weekends of supercars in Sydney. Where do you watch the racing from? What's what's the popular vantage point? I reckon I'll be on the rooftop. Because at least then you can see the, you can see the start and then see the back of the uh, circuit as well. Uh, I, I see uh, two things. Two things stand out for me. One, you're wearing a Dick Johnson racing shirt celebrating his 94 Bathurst win. And I also see you having a, uh, a little liquid refreshment there as well. Uh, it's nice to just chill and be back at the racing, right? That's it. Nice, beautiful in summer as well. Hey, and tell me about this T-shirt, Dick Johnson's 94 win. Is that uh, one of your one of your favourite Dick Johnson moments? The first... Uh, the first Ford win that Bathurst that I went to, as well. And what a what a race as well! What a race! And Dickie's favourite uh, EB Falcon. And you wouldn't believe it, I bumped into Jordan Cox standing on top of the Sydney Motorsport Park pit garages. Jordan, no racing TCR this weekend, but cool to be back racing anyway. Absolutely, yeah. First big race burning back. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we've got to get it out, out of our system. It's. Um, been a long time sitting on the sidelines, so yeah, good to be here. A few fans out, which is good, so yeah. So what are you doing this weekend? Who are you looking after? We're watching some sports sedans go around at the moment. Yeah, good customer, customer of mine at work. Lloyd Godfrey, he's got a Honda Integra 2000 model, uh, naturally aspirated K24 engine, so he's uh, decided to mix it with the 700 horsepower 6-litre uh, six V8, so he's uh, he's going well. Like he's, he's sort of, we've been working on his driving a bit, and he's um, he's, uh, he's nailing it this weekend, so yeah, it's, it's good to see him out here. And you've got some sneaky racing coming up yourself. Of course, you've got Bathurst TCR at the end of the year, but uh, you've got some other racing to do to uh, just keep you a little bit fresh. Yeah, I've, I've been getting laps in. Josh, Josh Buckin and I raced, uh, I got a Pulsar in the Nissan Pulsar series here in New South Wales. So we had a crack in that, had some fun. And then I've got my little Suzuki Swift improved production car. We'll, we'll get that out for uh, the third Supercars event and uh, try, have some fun, try have some fun with that and then um, on to Bathurst. I found Dominic down here standing by himself just watching the sports sedans go through uh, the awesome Term 1 at Sydney Motorsport Park. It's just great to have racing back, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Um, it's a beautiful day for it, so yeah, get out and, and uh, support the racers, yeah, for sure. It's been a long while off, three months without any sort of serious top-line motorsport. How have you filled in your time? <laughs> I've uh, tried to watch other sport, I guess, uh, in the meantime, but also um, we're now a sponsor for um, Team 18, um, so we a bit of work went into that, but um, yeah, really, uh, really happy uh, that, that today came, came around because obviously you can see our stickers on the back of the car and we're big, big fans and, and big su uh, supporters of the, of the sport. 
Great. Okay, so Super Spill Solutions, is that the yeah, company? Correct. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, so you've uh, done a deal with uh, the great man, Charlie Schwerkolt. He's a, uh, he's a very passionate uh, very passionate guy. You're wearing the Team 18 kit. Uh, what do you think uh, that you'd probably like to see them a little bit further up the field this weekend? But I tell you, there's a big race coming up at Mount Panorama that, uh, that they, you know, they might be a sneaky show of. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, today's uh, Frosty's 550th race uh, on the next one. So he's starting from P7. So he might do all right uh, this afternoon. But, um, yeah, by all means, uh, at Bathurst, he's always uh, might have something up his sleeve, I guess. And I hope we get a good result. So what uh, entices you to support a supercars team? Why uh, put your uh, put your company's cash into into something like this? I, I just enjoyed the sport for so long, and um, my business got to a point where where we could where we could do that, and it's a great honour to be on on the back of a car. I just love the sport. Uh, I got a couple of old school cars myself, and enjoy uh, driving them on the weekends. And um, yeah, uh, just love the sport. It would be remiss of us not to ask what uh, what cars you have uh, fun with on the weekend. What have you got in the garage? Uh, I've got a, an old VS uh, Club Sport. Um, and my first car was a VN Calais 5-litre. Uh, uh, so I got one of those recently with um, you know, low mileage and, and all the books. So, yeah, I'm pretty proud of those. So there you go, Tony. And I know what you're going to think. say. Oh, Grant, another oh. time that you walk around with your microphone and act really important, asking all these people questions. Hey, the question I have, though, did anybody even recognise Parked Up as a podcast? Did they say, oh, I actually listened to that and I love it? Or yeah. did everyone just say, uh, <laughs> someone's no. pointing a microphone in my face. I'm no. just going to act all interested. It, it was an I'm easy famous. Now, one of the one of the guys knew uh, knew what parked up was about, but uh, all the other ones, I just made them pull out their phone, <laughs> open up their podcast uh, little app, and made them subscribe to it. So Good. when they uh, know, when I they do we wake had up, three subscribers yesterday. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, cool, mate. Any uh, any final words before we uh, just uh, kick the tin on this one? No, I'm just super jealous that you're at a racetrack and I'm not quite there just yet. I'm, I'm coming soon though. Another week, mm. another week and I'll be in Sydney with you. Right. Well, not really with you. I'm not staying with you, but I'll huh. be at the track and you'll you be can. at the track. And I've got a nice comfy couch in the background here if you want to yeah, uh, come comfy. sleep on that. Yeah. It looks really comfy. Mm -hmm. um, but I won't be doing that, Grant, no. Okay. Um, but looking forward to getting up there. So I've got one more weekend of watching on the couch. And then finally, it's my time to get up yep. there and get in amongst it. So very excited. You know, I've got, I've got to keep a, a lid on it though, Grant, because with all this winning that Anton's doing, it's very hard not to think about the Bathurst 1000 and, and uh, him taking that form into the Bathurst 1000. I've already thought about starting from pole position, all sorts of stuff. You should you great, should uh, see the th things going through my brain right now. It's crazy. Oh, mate, you've got it. But this, isn't that... I started writing the victory speech and all sorts <laughs> maybe, of stuff. Maybe don't go that far. But no, isn't okay. that part of that, uh, you know, law of attraction that you've just got to visualize those things and imagine it and think it and, it, you know, if yeah, you think it enough, it's just going to happen? Well, let's hope that. Um, you should have seen the amount of text messages I got from friends and people I know saying, geez, you'd be getting excited about Bathurst, wouldn't you? <laughs> and I'm like inside, like going, yeah, bloody oath I am. But on the outside, I'm like, yeah, we'll see how we go. You know, there's a long way to go just yet. <laughs> cool. 
So there you go. If you get texts from Tony, then don't believe them because he's just bottling everything. I'm doing backflips. I'm doing backflips. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, uh, it's very good. It's very good. We're not too far away from that uh, big old race up at Mount Panorama. Uh, Tony D, thank you very much once again. And uh, next week we'll talk on the Zooms and then we might even see each other face to face. That'd be nice. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Next week, though, I'll be actually on the road on the way to Sydney. So. Wow. We might have to do it in the car. Well, that's okay. We've done it You'll before. hear my blinker going every five minutes. I won't well, indicate though. On the Hume Highway, you won't because you'll just sit in the left-hand lane, 100 kilometres an hour, just go <laughs> slow, and we'll just hear all these big trucks pass you. Yeah. I, um, I've, I've got the, a little transit van from my friends at uh, Western Ford for, for the month when I'm away. So I oh, can put... Cool my bike in the back and put all my race gear, everything in there. So I'm going to be driving on this little transit. Oh dear. It's going to be cool. I, I could imagine that it'll be cool, but it's also probably not going to be great for road noise. So probably not. No. Stand by for the loudest, most annoying episode of parked up of all time <laughs> next week. All right. There you go. Cool, mate. Well, you yeah, fun. have a great week and a safe travels up here. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, mate. Cheers. Bye.